0: Hello, and welcome to episode 4 of the Sex for Money podcast, where we talk about the business of writing, publishing, and selling romantic and erotic fiction. This episode marks the first of a three-part series where we're going to talk about the different strategies for making money writing erotica and erotic romance, like always any advice you hear on this show is based on my personal experience. You'll find anyone who has published or done anything with self-publishing will have their own experience and their own opinions. When you go out and try some of this, you might have some, an experience that is completely different from mine. Um, so take my advice with a grain of salt um, because you have to discover your own path in writing, publishing, and selling, and that path will probably look a whole lot different than you think it will look. Uh, You'll respond to developments as they come your way, and you will fine tune your strategy for what works for you, and you will create your own unique experience with writing, publishing, and selling. So when we talk about different ways to make money writing erotica and erotic romance, there are basically three approaches. One is to write for yourself, The second is to write for the market, and the third is to write for your audience. They're all a little bit different, uh, but there is some overlap through all of them, and at some point or another you will use a combination of two or even all three of them when you make decisions regarding your writing, publishing, and selling. Today we're going to focus on writing for yourself. I have mentioned in the past that I have multiple pen names in romantic and erotic genres, and each of these pen names has primarily focused on a different strategy. So this main pen name of mine, Cameron D. James, really did focus on writing for myself, whereas my second pen name really focused on writing for the market, and we'll talk about that next month. And my third pen name really focused on writing for my target audience. And part of that was figuring out who my target audience is and what that target target audience wants. And we'll be talking about that two episodes from now. So as I mentioned, when writing under the pen name of Cameron D. James, I am primarily writing for myself. Um, because I'm writing with myself in mind, and believe it or not, I'm not actually the target audience of my own writing... Uh, the target audience of MM erotic romance is women, and as you can tell from my voice, I'm not a woman. So I don't exactly, my writing does not exactly fit in with what the wider genre produces. Um, there is, I feel, a subset within the MM genre that aligns a little bit more closely with what I write. Perhaps it would be a little bit, it would be useful to describe what I write especially if you haven't read my writing or if you maybe you have read my writing but you just kind of enjoyed the story and didn't stop to think too much about it. When I started uh, writing erotic romance, I didn't know all of the rules of erotic romance. My primary rule that I didn't know was that your hero can only sleep with the love interest and nobody else. Whereas in my first novel, Autumn Fire, like he's a bit of a manslut like he sleeps around a lot. And so his sexual activity within that novel Autumn Fire would lead lend more toward erotica. But there's enough of a storyline in Autumn Fire and one that is primarily focused on romance that it isn't quite exclusively erotica, it's still got a strong footing in the realm of erotic romance. So I consider Autumn Fire as sort of straddling the line between erotica and erotic romance, and it took me a while to figure that out. However, once I figured that out, moving forward, I did kind of consistently stay straddling that line between erotica and erotic romance. For the most part, I have moved away from the promiscuous sex of my main character. My books are full of lots of sex, but if you read anything newer, with some very few exceptions, if you read anything newer, there's lots of sex, but the main love interests only have sex with each other, nobody else. So I did make that change as I went along, and that's an element of writing for your audience or writing for the market, In a way, it's like writing for my audience because I know my audience expects that certain trope within my erotic romance, and it's like writing for the market because what is excelling in the market is erotic romance that follows the genre conventions and rules. So Cameron D. James, the writing I do, is very much for myself. It's very erotic got lots of story sometimes I think I don't focus enough on the romance for it to really be erotic romance but I do have romance in there Um, and at the end of the day I just want to write a good book and I want people to enjoy my book but I am writing for myself it is what I want to read in my book and that's my goal as I write. Whereas in the next couple months, when we talk about writing for market and writing for audience, we'll talk about some of the different strategies that you might take when writing with those aims in mind. So to recap, when I started writing Cameron D. James' Erotic Romance slash Erotica slash some combination of the two, I wasn't really following all of the rules of erotic romance because I didn't have a firm grasp on those rules and I sort of carved out my own path in writing this. However, as moving moving forward from there, I have refined how I tell my story to better fit in the genre conventions and genre rules. I'm still writing for myself. These are still stories I want to tell, stories I want to read, but I am influenced by what both the market and the audience want from my book. So it's a matter of how do I still write for myself and tell the story that I really want to tell while somewhat fitting in this box that other people are putting on me? If it's not clear already, these different approaches are not discrete, like they're not mutually exclusive. You write exclusively for yourself, exclusively for the market, or exclusively for your audience. However, you're probably going to find you end up doing some combination of those three, but you'll probably still have one that stands a bit more dominant. With Cameron D. James, I want to write for myself. With my third pen name, I'm definitely writing for my audience. I know what my audience wants, and I try to hit all of those notes in the stories I write under that pen name. Of course, there is a little bit of writing for myself in there because I can't, I'm not someone who can write a story that I have no interest or investment in. I have to have some personal motivation for telling that story. But with that pen name, it's ultimately about pleasing my audience more than pleasing myself. But with Cameron D. James, it's more about pleasing myself than it is about pleasing the audience. Let me give you some examples of how this all kind of works and how they all fit together or separate, um, and how you might structure thinking, how you write your stories in these terms. My biggest project to date that I'm, I would say, I'm most proud of is the Go Go Boys of Club Twenty One. It's set in Club Twenty One, which is a gay nightclub in New York City, and it focuses on the lives of the Go-Go Boys. We've got uh, Liam, Lance, Ken, um, and there's another one, Zach, um, who are all Go-Go Boys. And so it focuses on their love lives, their sex lives, um, and there's overarching stories and themes and whatnot. Uh, It was entirely a passionate passion project. It was a story I wanted to tell. Uh the way that I wanted to tell it. Um by the time I wrote Gogo Boys of Club 21, I knew that the readers of the genre don't like their characters sleeping around with various other characters. However, the way I told the story, it wouldn't be true to the characters if specific characters were one partner only. Um, to give you an example, the character of Ken is very, um, promiscuous. He's like the always hooking up type of guy. Uh, so to include him in this erotic romance, it would be like trying to put a square peg in a round hole to say that he can only have sex with one other character because he can't be that promiscuous, always hooking up type of character if he's only with one partner. So I did have to break some of those rules because it was a story that I wanted to tell. Sometime after writing The Go-Go Boys of Club 21, I wrote Seduced by My Best Friend's Dad, which is easily my best-selling title. Um, That story came about as actually a combination of all three approaches to writing. The core of it was writing for myself. It's um, two best friends and the best friend's dad go on a camping trip, and the guy hooks up with his best friend's dad, and they have lots of sex. That's the basic premise of it, Uh story I wanted to tell. However, I did consider what the market wants and what my target audience wants. So with one of my other pen names, my second pen name, I really figured out how to create um, enticing titles So, Seduced by My Best Friend's Dad is my most direct and explicit title on a Cameron D. James book, and that's because I learned those lessons through my other pen name. And so, if I'm going to be that direct and that specific in the title, then I need to be that direct and that specific in the text as well. Like, I can't beat around the bush too much. I got to make this all about the guy hooking up with his best friend's dad and what comes about as a result of that. So that was sort of the writing for the market aspect and how it influenced my storytelling choices. It influenced more, I want to say, the marketing choices since it directly influenced my title. For writing for my audience, I don't think I have the mainstream MM erotic romance audience as my primary audience. If I did, I think I would have a lot more negative reviews just because I don't really follow all of those rules that the MM erotic romance genre generally has. So I I'd, I'd definitely have a subset of them as my readers, but I don't think I have like the main bulk of them. My readers are, I believe, I'm not going to say gender because I don't know and I'm pretty sure I have both genders as large sections of my readership, but my readers tend to be okay with rule-breaking when appropriate, and my readers tend to enjoy morally ambiguous situations and taboo themes. So, with Seduced by My Best Friend's Dad, it's definitely morally questionable because he's hooking up with his best friend's dad, and I make it clear in the beginning that it's like, When I grew up with a single mom who was working two jobs to make ends meet, and so I was always over at my friend's house, and I came to see his father as sort of a father figure for myself. So it's not incest, it's not pseudo-incest, but it sort of has that incest flavor, so sort of that more taboo theme, which I think most of my audience is okay with, and some of my audience really likes Another aspect is that I don't use condoms in the book, and that's it wouldn't have made sense in the story to have them use condoms because it's three guys that are going on a camping trip. No one's expecting to have sex, so why would you bring along condoms, right? So I did write that explanation in the text for those that really do strongly believe that characters should always practice safer sex so that they could at least be satisfied that, yes, I did acknowledge it, um, and hopefully, they can see my reason for not including it. Um, and then, for that subsection of my readership that doesn't care about safer sex or maybe even finds it hotter when it is not safe sex, then they still get their reading needs met as well. So, when it came time to writing Seduced by My Best Friend's Dad, I had the story, the main storyline, and the plot in my head because I'm writing for myself. I knew the marketing aspect in writing for Market, specifically that the title would be seduced by my best friend's dad and the storytelling needs to be rather direct and explicit like that. And then I knew that my readership likes these sort of taboo themes, um, slightly rougher, dirtier sex. Uh, so I had all of that in mind as I'm writing this story. And so it's sort of writing for myself, writing for the market, writing for the audience, and then working in reverse. So if I've got this audience, then that affects my marketing and writing for the market this way. And then that will affect how I'm actually telling the story that I'm writing for myself. And I know that my readership really likes older younger dynamics and it's something that i enjoy telling in my story so i made sure to highlight the age difference between the characters as well and i do want to talk briefly about unprotected sex in erotic literature Um, we'll definitely be discussing this later i have a bigger episode planned in the summer where i do a few interviews to find out what some other authors think about uh, safer sex practices in books how can we do it to make it erotic Um, is it necessary? Uh, Is there a difference in how safer sex practices are depicted in straight versus gay erotic romances, um, or in lesbian erotic romances, or um, bisexual menage erotic romances? Like, Are there differences between these genres? Uh, We'll be getting a lot more into that in the summer. For the main bulk of the MM Erotic Romance readership, they demand safer sex practices and you must use condoms. But since I knew that I wasn't quite with that main readership, um, I made the conscious choice to not have condoms. Um, I do, with Cameron D. James, that pen name, I generally do have condoms unless I feel it's appropriate to not have condoms. Uh, so right now I'm writing a book called New York Heat, which is a follow-up to Go Boys of Club 21, and this is absolutely a writing-for-yourself project, because I am breaking lots of rules about erotic romance, I am not considering the market at all, I'm not even really considering my audience at all, it's just a story that I feel I have to tell, so I'm writing it the way I want to tell it, and the way I would want to read it. Now with regard to safer sex practices, there are some characters that have been in long-term relationships uh, that started in Go-Go Boys of Club 21, uh, and I also have some characters from another series of mine who have been in long-term relationships with each other as well. So at that point, they would not use condoms, so it would make sense to ditch them. Um, With the newer romances that are blossoming, Uh, They definitely start with condoms. I think there's one couple that moved away from condoms before the end of the book. I'm not quite finished the book yet. That's why I'm a little uncertain. I'm just trying to remember if I wrote that in yet or not. Uh, Whereas there's another couple that will absolutely use condoms for quite a while um, because that is based on the character's history because one character... um, has HIV in the family. So he doesn't have HIV, but he has family members with HIV. So of course, being super safe is always going to be ever present in his mind. So for those characters, they will continue to use condoms for quite a while. Uh so I got a little off track with this condom tangent. I hope it gives you a little teaser as to what's going to come in the summer cuz it really is a big 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 topic. Um, and there are interesting things to consider, uh, such as the introduction of PrEP, which is a daily medication to prevent contracting HIV. So how does that affect safer sex practices in erotic literature? Um, I'm getting way ahead of myself, so let's kind of skip back. So when you're writing for yourself, it does affect your sales patterns, Um, If you're writing for market or you're writing for audience, you're much more likely to have a burst of sales when your book is released. But if you're writing for yourself, you might not have that burst because you're not appealing to a certain market. You're not appealing to a certain audience. You're really just writing what you want to write, telling the story you want to tell. So sometimes it does take your audience a little while to find you. So don't consider a low-selling launch to be a failure it just means that your audience hasn't found you yet and you might not know who your audience is so it's hard to market to them that's something you kind of figure out as you go along writing for yourself does mean that your titles will probably have more longevity and broad appeal than if you're writing for market or writing for your audience because if you're writing for a market That market can change at any time. If the hot thing is vampire erotic romance, in two months that might be the dead genre. And all these books you had written in that specific subgenre, now they don't really sell because no one really wants to read those anymore. If you're writing for a specific audience, particularly if it's a smaller audience, once the bulk of your audience has all read your book, then Your sales are going to dwindle quite a bit because you're waiting for more people to find your book, but the bulk of your readers have already read it. Whereas if you're writing for yourself, uh, you are likely to have more steady sales. It might be lower level. You may see rises, you may see falls. I'm very hesitant in stating what your sales will look like, because it really does depend on your individual strategy, your individual writing journey, your style, your marketing, your enthusiasm, your energy, promotional strategies, like all of those things. But with Cameron D. James, I have found that when I release a title, I do have a small burst, and then it goes down to a regular and steady, fairly low number. Um, but then there'll be occasional rises and falls, tends to be with the season. So back to school season, shortly after Christmas, in the spring, those were all rises, whereas the middle of summer is a bit of a dead zone. A year and a half ago, um, my sales for Cameron D. James suddenly tripled. They stayed that high, maybe even more than tripled, but they like skyrocketed and they stayed that high for two or three months and then they dwindled down not to the old normal but now to a new normal so now I'm selling a whole lot more than I used to and I'm getting regular monthly numbers which is interesting um, because I remember I I remember okay Like many writers, I have a day job. About four years ago, we got a new boss at my workplace. He came in, I pulled him aside and said, you know, I just need to tell you that I write and self-publish erotic romance in case it ever comes up. And he looked a little panicked for a moment because I think he thought, "Uh uh-oh, this guy's going to get rich and he's going to leave me without a staff person. Then I had to tell him that, you know, this month I made $0.72 and it's coming from three different marketplaces, so it's three separate uh, electronic fund transfers. Uh, So don't worry, I'm not going anywhere soon. So if you make $0.72 in your first month, you're in fine company, because that's what I did. Uh, Yeah, so I've had many months where I make a couple dollars or less, I've had months where I make two figures, months where I make three figures, like low three figures, months where I make high three figures. Uh, So it really bounces around quite a bit, but it has sort of stabilized quite a bit higher than it used to stabilize at. Now, that is my experience, and tracking the sales of all my pen names, I see that there are certain titles under each pen name that consistently sell every single month. Even if I'm writing for an audience or for the market or for myself, there are always titles that consistently sell every single month. But with my pen name that writes for the market, I do see that for the most part, there's a surge of sales when it releases and then it's dead, except for those few titles. Writing for the market, uh, sorry, writing for the audience, there's a dry uh, initial burst that's not quite as high, but it's a little bit longer but then it goes down to a pretty low level. So with both of those pen names, I know that I'm gonna make a fair bit of money when a book is released, and then after that, I'll be lucky if I have a couple sales a month. Whereas with Cameron D. James, I may not necessarily have that big initial burst, but I do have consistent sales every single month. Of most of my titles so it does i know that with publishing for cameron d james i don't get a lot of that immediate money but i know that i'm going to get consistent money going down the road and so for me that's where i want to invest more of my time and energy which is doubly good because i want to invest more time and energy in this pen name because i'm writing what i want to write and not what i think other people want to read it's a slight distinction, but it's there. So I'm more personally invested in the storytelling for Cameron D. James, and it makes more sense financially to publish something that I know is going to bring in consistent income over time and not have a sales burst, and then it's going to die. Writing for yourself versus writing for the market or for your audience will likely mean that you get mixed reviews, because if you're writing for the market and you do a good job of it, everyone's going to go nuts over it. You're going to get all these four and five star reviews. It'll be great. If you write for your audience, if you really hit your audience well and what they're looking for, you're going to get fantastic reviews from them. You might get some bad reviews from people who aren't part of your audience but read it anyway, and it's not really for them, and so they find it a bit boring. I mean, that'll happen. But writing for yourself, I think you're going to get a lot more mixed reviews than you otherwise would because you'll get... Your audience, your readers, are a bit more randomized than they would be otherwise. Because if you're writing for the market, you're writing vampire erotic romance, which I don't even know is a thing anymore. It might be, it might not be. But using that example, all of your readers are likely going to be people who want vampire erotic romance. If you're writing for your audience and you market well to your audience, then the bulk of your readers are going to be your audience that are looking for that specific thing. Whereas if you write for yourself, your readership becomes a bit more randomized. Might be some people in your audience, might be some people who are not in your audience, might be some people that you hit them right, you hit a bit of a market trend the right way, and you pull in some people who think you might be part of that. Um, what's selling well in the market or doing well in the market. And you might get some random people that just like the cover, um, which happens in any situation. But maybe I should just stop explaining and justifying this. You're going to have a much more random audience than you would otherwise. And because of that randomization, you will have a bit of a mix of reviews. But if you tell a good story, people will generally like it, even if they're not really your audience. So that's your number one takeaway from that. Just write a good story. With um, writing for yourself, I find it's best to go wide with publication versus just exclusive to Amazon. That's my general advice anyway. Um, I don't feel right about going Amazon exclusive for anything or any reason, However, with your writing for market, it can make more sense to go Amazon exclusive if you think you can do well with Kindle Unlimited. If you're writing for a specific audience and you know your, write- your audience is on Amazon, then it would make more sense to go Amazon exclusive to get the benefits that come along with that. Alternatively, if you know that your audience is on, say, Smashwords, then you want to focus more of your energy there. I probably wouldn't go smashwords Exclusive, unless you have a real reason to do so. Um, Because it's really only Amazon that offers benefits for going exclusive. But regardless, if you're writing for a specific audience, you want to go where your audience is. But if you're writing for yourself, it makes more sense, I believe, to go wide because you don't know who your audience is. You don't know where your audience is. Um, You may be hoping that you appeal beyond one target audience and you have a bit more broader appeal so you want to be more easily found Uh, and to do that you need to go wide and by go wide i mean amazon and either smashwords or draft to digital both of those places distribute to kobo and barnes and noble and itunes Um, if you want to you could publish directly to those sites Uh, i think you get a bit of a better cut But I find the ease of using Smashwords to outweigh the few extra cents that I might get by bypassing Smashwords. Uh, And in a future episode, we will talk about the difference between Draft to Digital and Smashwords and how you can figure out which one you want to use uh, if you aren't already using one, because there are benefits and drawbacks to both of them. So that brings us about to the end of writing for yourself. To recap, for my pen name, Cameron D. James, I write for myself, which means that I tell the stories I want to tell or the stories that I would want to read if I was a reader, which does make it a little bit harder to market because I'm not hitting something that's hot in the market, and I'm not hitting a target audience that I can easily identify. Uh, So that does mean that sales, you might not have that initial burst, but once people start to find you and like you, you are likely to have Uh, consistent sales over time Um, and writing for myself versus writing for the market or the audience did impact my storytelling decisions along the way and ultimately any writing project involves elements of two or even all three of these different approaches to writing so even though I write for myself I often do consider the market or who I believe my audience to be So next month, we will talk about how to write for the market, and the month after that, we'll talk about writing for your audience, what do those two things mean, and how do they impact our storytelling decisions, and how we market our books. Before we end off this episode, I did want to talk a little bit about an incident that happened on social media in, I want to say it was February 2018, possibly March 2018, there was an MM erotic romance author. I won't name any names here, but there was an MM erotic romance author that had a major falling out with the industry. They were exposed for lying about who they were. They were bullying and harassing other people, Um, they engaged in other practices which are very harmful and legally questionable. The reason I want to talk about this is because if you're brand new to uh, writing, publishing, and selling erotic romance, you might have seen bits and pieces of this on Twitter. And there was this whole thing where people were trying to determine if this person was using a pen name or if that was a real name. And there was this big effort by certain people within the readership community to figure out who this person was and to out them for what they were doing. Uh, And if you're brand new to the world of self-publishing, that can be a very scary thing to look at because it's like, this person's being exposed for having a pen name, and people are tearing them apart for having a pen name, and here I am contemplating using a pen name of my own, and are people going to start attacking me? Are they going to like try to figure out who I am? Am I just burning bridges that uh, I don't need to burn? Number one, don't panic. Number two, this is way different and way beyond just having a pen name. Uh, Having a pen name is totally fine and totally legitimate within most genres of fiction, but particularly within romance and erotic romance. The distinction between what you and I are doing versus what this specific author was doing is how we behave under our pen names. This person was using their pen name to bully and harass others, and if I remember correctly right, there are a few people who said they had their writing careers destroyed by the behaviors of this person. Uh, And also there's this person had either a GoFundMe page or a Patreon page and had this story about health conditions and all these mounting health bills. And so people were contributing money by, I think it was by Patreon, could have been GoFundMe, towards this person's health bills to help them get through it because they're just a low-income author and all these other sad details about their pen names backstory Uh, and it was exposed that all of that was a lie Um, so that person was using this fake identity to manipulate the emotions of other people in order to financially gain from it that is a whole lot different Than creating a pen name and using it to sell books. I openly acknowledge that Cameron D. James is a pen name. My author bio is 99.9% true. Uh, With my other pen names, my author bio is a little bit less true. In one of my pen names, I actually use a female pen name, so obviously it's not true to who I am. However, I'm not using the details of that pen na- that pen name's backstory to manipulate the emotions of other people to benefit from it. Having a pen name and creating an identity about that pen name is a little bit about creating an illusion that the reader wants to buy into. Um, quite often, I see people who... I believe they're using pen names. I know some of them are using pen names. Some of them might be using real names, but they, um, sometimes they are using a different gender than their real identity, which is totally fine. Uh, and sometimes they, in their bio, they say, this is all based on my true experiences of my sex life. Um, that's more of a erotic author thing than a romance author thing. Um, and based on what I know behind the scenes, I know that that is a fictionalized backstory for the character. Again, that is totally fine, because it's about creating the illusion that the author is sexy, the author is... Uh, depending on how you can structure author bio. The author is sexy, the author is romantic, the author is adventurous, because the reader wants to believe these things about you, the author, because then it helps add to the excitement and the engagement with the book. It becomes a totally different thing once you start using your pen name to bully and harass others, to manipulate others, to get people to give you your get people to give you their money when you don't need or deserve that money and you're getting that money is based on a lie. That is all totally different. Those are all things that you shouldn't be doing under your real name, never mind your pen name. And perhaps that's one of the ways to think about this. If you were using your real name, would you say and do the same thing? Now, I have to be careful there, because under a pen name, you might say more sexier things on Twitter or Facebook than you would under your real name. I mean, I certainly do. Um, With my Cameron D. James social media, like, I will share erotic photos, not of myself, uh, but that I find online. Sometimes I'll say things about sex or love or romance or something, and that's not always entirely based on what's actually going on or based on the truth, that's totally different. What I mean is, under your real name, you would not bully and harass someone. So under your pen name, you should not bully and harass someone. Under your real name, you would not uh, manipulate people's emotions to fraudulently get money from them. So you shouldn't be doing that under your pen name. So I've gone on a little long, I realize, but I did want to point out to those who are concerned about it that the issue was not that this person was using a pen name. The issue was that this person was consistently lying to people, manipulating people, and financially benefiting from it. So if you're using a pen name and you've made up a bit of a backstory for your pen name, that is totally fine. As long as you're not bullying, harassing, manipulating, financially benefiting, illegitimately, all that stuff. So, don't worry. Just have a good time and write some stories. That brings us to the end of uh, episode 4 of the Sex for Money podcast. Uh, I do want to remind people that the Sex for Money podcast is on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash sexformoneypodcast. I hope I have that right. I'll have the link in the show notes so you can find it there. Uh, And if you promote, sorry, and if you support this podcast on Patreon, you'll get some benefits from it, such as uh, some book promotion online or on air. Uh, Or if you just want to kick in a couple bucks because you find it useful information and you want to thank me for it, that's cool too. So once again, that's patreon.com slash sexformoneypodcast. And that just about wraps it up. I want to thank you for joining me and we will see you again next month.